As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In the early hours of November 13, 2022, the bodies of four University of Idaho students were found brutally stabbed in their home. A few weeks after the murders, authorities zeroed in on Brian Koberger, a criminology graduate student at Washington State University. The investigation revealed a web of intrigue and mystery. The detectives discovered that Koberger had made a strange Reddit post in a popular ex-con subreddit in May 2022, while studying at DeSalis University in Pennsylvania. The ex-cons were invited to participate in an anonymous survey about how they choose their targets before committing a crime. The chilling post read, My name is Brian, and I'm inviting you to participate in a research project that seeks to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making when committing a crime. In particular, this study wants to understand the story behind your most recent criminal offense, with an emphasis on your thoughts and feelings throughout your experience. On December 29, 2022, almost six months after posting his disturbing Reddit message, Brian Koberger was arrested for the stabbing deaths of Kaylee, Zanna, Ethan, and Madison. Join us as we investigate the mystery behind the four Idaho students' murders and what might have led Brian Koberger to commit such a horrible crime. I'm JC Nova, and this is Death by Misadventure. It was a typical Saturday night for the small college town of Moscow, Idaho. Students at the University of Idaho were out enjoying the weekend, looking forward to the upcoming holiday break. But for four young students, that night would be their last. Kaylee and Madison, best friends since childhood, were out at the Corner Club Bar in downtown Moscow, hanging out with friends. 
Meanwhile, their other roommate, Zanna, and her boyfriend, Ethan, were at a party at the Sigma Chi fraternity house. The students made their way back to their King Rhodes residence later that night, completely unaware of the danger that was about to strike. Kaylee and Madison arrived home first, around 1.45 a.m., after stopping at the grub food truck. Zanna and Ethan arrived home shortly after. The four friends had no idea that there was someone lurking in the shadows with a sinister plan. A lone male killer entered the King's Road home unnoticed around 4 a.m. and crept up the stairs to the bedrooms where the students Kaylee, Madison, Zanna, and Ethan were believed to be sleeping. He then proceeded to viciously stab each one of them multiple times. Almost eight hours later, at approximately 11.58 a.m., a cell phone call was placed to 911, requesting help for an unconscious person at the King Road's residence. Upon arrival, the police were shocked to discover four college students dead on the second and third floors of the home. The police found no sign of forced entry or missing items, and the two surviving roommates were quickly ruled out as suspects. The small town of Moscow was left shaken by the senseless murders and whether or not they knew their killer. The police scoured the crime scene for clues, trying to piece together what happened on that fateful night. But as the days passed, no leads were uncovered, and the killer remained at large. In the weeks following the murder, the police received a flood of 911 calls reporting suspicious activity and requesting welfare checks. The owner of Sud Z's laundromat even called 911 to report a mark on the column inside that looks like blood. Another caller reported that a female employee at Sherry's Cafe and Pies had received a menacing note on the back of a receipt that read, You better watch out. Fox News reported that a total of 77 calls came in from November 23rd to November 27th, giving a glimpse into the terror that had gripped the community since the four University of Idaho students were murdered on the morning of November 13th. When the FBI and Idaho State Police were unable to release new information by early December, the community grew concerned. A major development, however, had taken place behind the scenes in the homicide investigation. Witnesses reported seeing a white Elantra near the crime scene on the night of the murders, and authorities targeted the car owner as a person of interest. As the community remained on edge, the detectives worked tirelessly to gather DNA evidence to build a case against the male suspect. Despite the intense public scrutiny and pressure, the police remained committed to finding justice for the four young victims and their families. On November 30th, the University of Idaho community gathered to mourn the loss of Kaylee, Madison, Zanna, and Ethan. Despite the bad weather, the candlelight vigil was moved indoors and live-streamed for those who couldn't attend in person. During the memorial service, letters from the surviving roommates were read aloud. Dylan Mortensen wrote about how Zanna was the life of the party— but also strong, intelligent, and a beautiful person. While Ethan was sweet and loving to his girlfriend, Zanna, 
He acted like an older brother to Dylan. Bethany Funk, the other surviving roommate, wrote about how Kaylee was one of the funniest people she'd ever known, sweet and giving and determined, while Ethan had the brightest, most fun personality. Bethany also praised Zanna for being loving, fun, and passionate, and said that Ethan and Zanna's relationship made people believe in true love. For the families of the slain students, life would never be the same. Losing a child is one of the most devastating and heartbreaking experiences a parent can go through. And this is especially true when the child is taken from them through violence. Ethan's mother, Stacy, told the Idaho Statesman, Ethan was literally the greatest kid, and his smile would light up every room. More importantly, he was a triplet, and his brother and sister need all of the strength and prayers possible because they were best friends. Zanna's family said she could fill any room with light and laughter. She was known to be extremely driven, and her serious side came out when she talked about her goals. Everybody loved her, and it was clear that she was truly loved by all who knew her. The families of Kaylee and Madison were heartbroken as they said goodbye to their two little girls, who had been best friends since sixth grade. Madison, a senior marketing major, had made big plans for her future, including a move to Boise after she graduated from college in the spring of 2023. She was known as Maddie to her friends and loved the color pink. Kaylee, a senior general studies major, was described by her sister as a fighter who always stood up for what she believed in. A former co-worker remembered her as someone who had helped create a safe and welcoming environment after he came out as gay. The GoFundMe page set up in the honor of Kaylee and Madison described them as amazing girls who were so kind, so sweet, and so loving to all. They will be deeply missed and remembered for the light and love they brought to the world. In the aftermath of the tragic murders, online sleuths took to social media to discuss the case. A TikTok influencer, psychic Ashley Killard, recently made headlines when she claimed Professor Rebecca Schofield helped orchestrate the murders of the four University of Idaho students. Now to a strange development in the unsolved murders of four University of Idaho students. A professor at the school is now suing a TikTok creator for defamation. She says that creator has accused her of being involved in the killings. The lawsuit says the creator has published dozens of videos tarnishing the professor's reputation. NBC's Steve Patterson has more. Tonight, a TikTok creator facing a defamation lawsuit surrounding the unsolved murders in Moscow, Idaho. Killer Rebecca is suing me. Rebecca Schofield, a University of Idaho professor, is suing TikTok creator Ashley Gillard. I'm not stopping, so let's just start there. Alleging Gillard has wrongfully accused her of ordering the killings of four University of Idaho students last month. The psychic first made the accusations against Professor Schofield in a series of TikTok videos alleging that she had information linking the professor to the murders, although she had never met the professor or the students. According to Gillard's tarot card reading, Professor Schofield was involved in a love triangle with one of the students. The accusations quickly went viral and were picked up by news outlets across the country. 
Many people were doubtful of Ashley Gillard's psychic claims, with some accusing her of seeking attention and making false allegations. Others, however, were convinced that she was telling the truth and called for an investigation into the professor's involvement in the murders. According to the Idaho police, Professor Schofield was not involved in the four murders, and there was no physical evidence linking her to the crimes. Professor Schofield then filed a defamation lawsuit against Ashley Gillard, stating that she was in Portland, Oregon, with her husband during the murders and hadn't met the four students. The lawsuit didn't stop Ashley Gillard from maintaining that her tarot card readings were accurate and that Schofield was responsible. The outrageous claims have brought the psychic a significant amount of attention online and garnered her thousands of new followers on TikTok. However, the recent arrest of Brian Koberger on December 29th in connection to the University of Idaho murders has brought an end to Gillard's short-lived TikTok fame. She was blocked from posting on the social media platform. In spite of that, Ashley Gillard continued to post under a new TikTok account, proclaiming Brian Koberger's innocence and maintaining that it was Professor Schofield who had committed the crimes. She has also added blog posts to her website that continue her outrageous claims, accusing Professor Schofield of the horrific murders. Although the Idaho police have stated that the professor was not a suspect in the case, others on TikTok and Reddit found meaning in Brian Koberger sharing the same zodiac sign as Charles Manson, a Scorpio, also claiming that Koberger's astrology chart shows he may have had a fascination with death, and many expressed their concern that there may be other victims. The numerology community has found it interesting that Koberger's life path is number one, which means that he is a loner and someone who thinks outside the box. Furthermore, the murders occurred at 1122 Kings Road. In numerology, a six carries both positive and negative energy. The sixth house represents love and friendship, but can also attract dark energy. TMZ and other media outlets reported that the home on Kings Road was considered a party house. The police were often called to the students' homes on weekends when neighbors complained about the noise. In addition, the residents allowed friends to party at the home even when they weren't there. Several people speculate Brian Koberger may have visited the home on Kings Road in the weeks prior to the murder, either by attending one of the students' frequent parties or by meeting Kaylee at the vegan restaurant she worked at in Moscow, Idaho. Reports have suggested that Koberger's addiction to heroin may have also played a role in his psychotic breakdown. However, the motive for the tragic murder of the four Idaho students is still unknown at this time. The arrest of Washington State graduate student Brian Koberger shocked the community of Moscow, Idaho, as well as those around the world following the investigation. According to police, Koberger had been under surveillance by the FBI for a few weeks before he was arrested at his parents' home in Pennsylvania. The New York Times reported that Koberger was a teacher's assistant at Washington State University where he was studying criminal justice and criminology for his Ph.D. 
In the report, it was noted that Koberger lived in Pullman, Washington, just 10 minutes from the home where the four students were murdered. A former classmate described Koberger as an intellectual who was interested in the workings of the mind, but was bullied because he was overweight and socially awkward. Sarah Healy, who attended Pleasant Valley High School with Koberger, said he was shy and kept to himself, but his classmates taunted and threw things at him. According to one former high school cheerleader, she and a group of friends bullied and mocked him at school. An online sleuth uncovered Koberger's 2011 social media posts in which he expressed suicidal thoughts, depression, alienation, and loneliness. Throughout the posts, it was evident that the young teen felt sad and alone in the world. Another woman came forward claiming she went out on a Tinder date with the accused killer, saying she found Koberger to be incredibly polite but socially awkward. The New York Times revealed that Koberger studied under BTK expert Dr. Katherine Ramslin at DeSalle's University, a revelation that shocked the serial killer's daughter. His daughter says Dr. Ramslin is an expert on serial killers and has a friendship and an academic relationship with the BTK killer. She fears Brian Koberger may have been in contact with her father right before the Idaho murders. Even more disturbing was a survey Koberger posted on an ex-con subreddit, according to the police. Tom Dre reads it now. When Brian Koberger posted the peculiar survey asking people about their criminal behaviors, he was a student investigator at DeSales University in Pennsylvania. It was posted on Reddit's XCon subreddit. In order to get a better understanding of criminal minds, Koberger invited ex-convicts to participate in an anonymous survey for his university research study. In the now-deleted Reddit post, Koberger wrote the following, My name is Brian, and I am inviting you to participate in a research project that seeks to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making when committing a crime. Research participation is needed was the title of the now-deleted Reddit post. It asked participants to describe their most recent criminal offense, regardless of whether they were caught. In the event they were not charged, convicted, or incarcerated for the offense, he still wanted them to participate in his research. Koberger listed himself as a student investigator, and he wrote the following message. We are interested in understanding how emotions and psychological traits influence the decision-making involved in committing a crime. After completing a series of background questions, you will be presented with open-ended questions relevant to the most recent crime you were involved in and asked to detail your thoughts, emotions, and actions from the beginning to end of the crime committed. In order to best understand your unique psychological traits, surveys will be included after the open-ended section. Please be assured that your responses will be kept completely confidential. In the research study, participants were asked, why did you choose that particular victim or target over others? Another read, after committing the crime, what were you thinking and feeling? Koberger asked whether the participant had committed their first crime alone, whether they were employed, and whether they were under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Other questions in the survey included, did you prepare for the crime before leaving your home? Please detail what you were thinking and feeling at this point. 
And how did you travel to and enter the location that the crime occurred? The questions delved even deeper into the logistics of planning the crime. After arriving, what steps did you take prior to locating the victim or target? An example, person or object. Please detail your thoughts and feelings. In addition, Koberger wanted to know what may have been the catalyst for the crime. So he asked the participants, how was your life right before the crime occurred? The police were intrigued by the Reddit post and were trying to determine if Brian Koberger had set up the research study to learn how to commit the perfect murder. In the wake of Brian Koberger's arrest on December 29th, the graduate student waived his extradition rights and returned to Idaho to face murder charges. Brian Koberger was formally charged with the murders of Kaylee Gonzalez, Madison Mogan, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin on Thursday, January 5th, 2023. On the same day, the police released a bombshell affidavit outlining the prosecution's case against Brian Koberger. The following is a summary of the police report written by Corporal Brett Payne for the Moscow Police Department. On November 13, 2022, at approximately 4 p.m., Moscow Police Department Sergeant Blaker and I responded to the Kings Road residence to assist with scene security and processing of a crime scene associated with four homicides. After arriving at the residence, the Idaho State Police forensic team immediately began processing the scene. Officer Smith, one of the initial responding officers to the incident, advised he would walk me through the crime scene. Officer Smith and I entered the Kings Road residence through the bottom floor door on the north side of the building. Officer Smith and I then walked upstairs to the second floor. Officer Smith directed me down the hallway to the west bedroom on the second floor, which I later learned through Zana's driver's license and other personal belongings found in her room, was Zana Kernodal's bedroom. As I approached the room, I could see a body, later identified as Zana's, laying on the floor. Zana was deceased with wounds, which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon. Also in the room was a male, later identified as Ethan Chapin. Ethan was also deceased, with wounds later determined to be caused by sharp force injuries. I then followed Officer Smith to the third floor of the residence. The third floor consisted of two bedrooms and one bathroom. The bedroom on the west side of the floor was later determined to be Kaylee Gonzalez. Officer Nunez's body camera later revealed there was a dog in the room when Moscow police officers initially responded. The dog belonged to Kaylee and her ex-boyfriend. On the east side of the third floor, Officer Smith pointed out a small bathroom. This bathroom shared a wall with Madison Mogan's bedroom, which was situated at the southeast corner of the third floor. As I entered this bedroom, I could see two females in the single bed in the room. Both Kaylee and Madison were deceased, with visible stab wounds. I also later noticed what appeared to be a tan leather sheath laying on the bed next to Madison's right side when viewed from the door. The sheath was later processed and identified as a K-bar knife with the United States Marine Corps Eagle Globe and Anchor Insignia stamped on the outside of it. The Idaho State Lab 
later located a single source of male DNA left on the button snap of the sheath. As part of the investigation, numerous interviews were conducted by the Moscow Police Department, Idaho State Police detectives, and FBI agents. I have learned the following. On the evening November 12, 2022, Zana and Ethan are seen by roommate Bethany at the Sigma Chai House on the University of Idaho campus from approximately 9 p.m. on November 12th to 1.45 a.m. on November 13th. Bethany estimated that at approximately 1.45 a.m., Zana and Ethan returned to the Kings Road residence. Bethany also stated that Ethan did not live at the King Road residence, but was a guest of Zana. Her other roommates, Kaylee and Madison, were at the local bar, the Corner Club, at 202 North Main Street in Moscow. Kaylee and Madison can be seen on video footage provided by the Corner Club bar between 10 p.m. on November 12th and 1.30 a.m. on November 13th. At approximately 1.30 a.m., Kaylee and Madison can also be seen on a video at a local food vendor called the 13 Grub Truck. The Grub Truck live streams video from their food truck on the streaming platform Twitch, which is available for public viewing on their website. A private party reported that he provided a ride to the two girls at approximately 1.56 a.m. from downtown Moscow to the Kings Road residence. Dylan and Bethany, the two surviving roommates, stated that the other four roommates were home by 2 a.m. and were in their rooms by approximately 4 a.m. With the exception of Zana, who received a DoorDash delivery at approximately 4 a.m., was later confirmed by the delivery driver. According to Dylan, she was asleep in her bedroom on the southeast side of the second floor. At approximately 4 a.m., Dylan reported being woken up by sounds of Kaylee playing with her dog in one of the third-floor bedrooms. A short time later, Dylan said she heard Kaylee say something to the effect of, There's someone here. A review of data records obtained from Zana's phone showed this could have also been her voice since she was awake and using the TikTok app approximately at 4.12 a.m. After hearing the comment about someone being in the house, Dylan looked out of her bedroom door, but did not see anything. When Dylan heard crying from Zana's room, she opened her door a second time. Dylan said she heard a male voice say, It's okay, I'm going to help you. Security cameras located adjacent to 1122 King Road picked up sounds of voices or whimpers, followed by a loud thud at approximately 4.17 a.m., A dog can be heard barking numerous times, beginning at 4.17 a.m. The security camera was located less than 50 feet from the west wall of Zana's bedroom. After hearing the crying, Dylan opened her door a third time and saw a male figure clad in black clothing and wearing a mask, covering his mouth and nose, walking towards her. Dylan described the figure as being 5 feet 10 inches or taller, male, athletically built with bushy eyebrows. The male walked past Dylan as she stood in a state of frozen shock. He walked towards the back sliding glass door. After seeing the male, Dylan locked herself in her room. She did not say she recognized him, nor did she call 911 at the time. Based on this information, the police believe that the homicides took place between 4 a.m. and 4.25 a.m. Based on Dylan's statement, and forensic downloads from both roommates' phones. 
This means all four students were murdered 10 to 15 minutes after the DoorDash delivery person left. According to camera footage, a white sedan was observed traveling westbound in Moscow at approximately 3.26 a.m. and approaching Idaho State Highway 95 in Moscow at approximately 3.28 a.m. This video shows the white sedan without a front license plate. Multiple videos obtained from the King Road neighborhood showed multiple sightings of the white sedan beginning at 3.29 a.m. until 4.20 a.m. A white sedan can be seen on cameras departing the King Road residence area at approximately 4.20 a.m. The vehicle is traveling at a high speed near Moscow's southern border before proceeding into Whitman County, Washington. The road eventually leads to Pullman, Washington, which is less than 10 miles from Moscow, Idaho. Both are small college towns, and people commonly travel back and forth between them. After reviewing the video footage, the forensic examiner initially believed that the white sedan was a 2011 to 2013 white Hyundai Elantra. At approximately 5.25 a.m., a white sedan, which was consistent with the description of the white Elantra, is shown returning to the Pullman Washington State University campus. On November 29, 2022, Washington State University confirmed that a 2015 white Elantra on campus belonged to Brian Koberger. The police reviewed Koberger's Washington State driver's license information and photograph. Koberger's license indicated that he was a white male who stood six foot tall and weighed 185 pounds. Additionally, the photograph of Koberger shows that he has bushy eyebrows. Koberger's physical description matches that of the male Dylan saw inside the King Road residence on November 13th. According to records provided by the Pullman Police Department, Koberger holds an undergraduate degree in psychology and cloud-based forensics. These records also showed Koberger wrote an essay when he applied for an internship with the Pullman Police Department in the fall of 2022. Additionally, Koberger posted a Reddit survey that can be accessed via web search. The survey asked for participants to provide information to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making when committing a crime. The police report also details how Brian Koberger stalked the victim's home at least 12 times prior to the stabbing deaths of the four students on November 13th, and how they tracked his movements through cell phone pings on the night of the murders. On December 27th, the FBI picked up trash from Brian Koberger's parents' house. Police say the DNA profile found in the garbage at his parents' home in Monroe County, Pennsylvania, matched a knife sheath left at the crime scene. The following day in the Idaho State Lab, DNA analysis was conducted that showed a sample from the trash belonged to Brian Koberger's father, Michael, with more than 99% accuracy. The DNA appeared to be the final link needed to allow law enforcement to conduct an early morning raid of the Koberger's family home on December 30th and arrest Brian on murder charges of the four Idaho students. There is no single answer to what compels someone to commit murder. Since every individual is unique and has their own personal reasons for doing so, a history of violence or abuse, a desire for power or control, 
and feelings of resentment or jealousy may contribute to someone's evil intentions. Media reports have suggested that Brian Koberger was on his way to becoming a serial killer. It is important to note that not all murderers are serial killers, as the term serial killer refers specifically to individuals who have killed three or more people over a period of time, with a cooling-off period in between each murder. A number of media outlets, including News Nation, speculated whether Koberger had killed before, with one retired FBI director suggesting there might be other victims. The Idaho community was shocked to learn that all four murders took place within a 20-minute period. Also, the fact that he allowed the other two roommates to live, along with Kaylee's dog. According to some, he did not kill the dog because he was a devout vegan. Those who knew Koberger described him as an outcast in high school, whose transformation by his senior year was so drastic that he thought he was a new student. It is believed that Koberger lost approximately 80 pounds before entering Pleasant Valley High School in the fall of his senior year. As a result of losing weight, he went from being a victim to an aggressor, according to classmates. He also struggled with drug addiction in college, according to a former classmate at Northampton Community College. One classmate who asked to remain anonymous told Fox News that the two would talk for hours about his weight and drug battle. To determine the likely characteristics of the alleged killer, the FBI developed a criminal profile. Dr. Tom Grande, a popular YouTuber, provided a compelling analysis of the suspected killer, Brian Koberger. Tom Dre reads it aloud. The killer was expected to be between 20 and 40 years old. The age of Brian Koberger is 28, so he matches the criminal profile. There was a theory that the killer was poorly educated and unemployed or underemployed. Brian is well-educated and employed, so this was not a match. It is likely that the killer had a series of failed romantic relationships. It appears Brian was socially awkward around women, and this appears to be a match. The killer was supposed to be impulsive, irresponsible, and have a criminal record. However, Brian does not possess these characteristics. He has no criminal record at all. The killer was expected to be antisocial. Brian struggled to socialize, but according to Dr. Tom Grande, is much different than being antisocial. He did not appear to be antisocial. The killer was thought to have a lack of empathy. Brian's empathy level is unknown. It appears that he tried to connect with others. He just did not know how to do it without appearing creepy and making people uncomfortable. The expected profile of the killer was someone who was socially awkward and considered to be a loner. Brian does appear to match this criteria. The killer was thought to have a long history of negative interactions with women. Brian appears to meet this criteria. The criminal profile indicated that the suspect may have an interest in law enforcement. Brian studied criminology and was a security officer at one time. Dr. Grande's YouTube analysis suggests Koberger was motivated by the desire to be dominant sexually, despite the murders having no sexual component. Serial killers often have similar motives. 
Dr. Grande stated that an individual may commit murder for revenge, greed, jealousy, anger, or even to protect him or herself. In some cases, mental illness may also play a role in a person's decision to commit murder. The doctor said he would not be surprised if Koberger had a connection to one of the female victims, and she may have been the target on November 13th. One possible theory is that Koberger planned to commit the perfect murder. The fact that Koberger was working on a PhD in criminology while creating the perfect crime supports this theory. Koberger also allegedly asked the police if anyone was arrested besides him, as if he were playing mind games or insinuating there were others responsible for the four murders. One theory that Dr. Grande considered interesting was that Koberger may have wanted to become infamous. In Dr. Grande's opinion, Koberger committed a crime that would make him forever famous. Although the behavior of the graduate student raised red flags, friends and family did not consider him dangerous. Kaylee's father, Steve Gonzalez, told Fox News that he was watching a football game when my whole world got turned upside down. As he learned more about the murder suspect, Brian Koberger, Kaylee's father couldn't help but feel a sense of disgust and anger towards the man who had taken his beloved daughter's life. As he looked at Koberger's photo, he saw a broken soul and a pitiful human being. Despite his feelings, Kaylee's father Steve knows that everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But he can't shake the feeling that there must be some connection between Koberger and Kaylee that they are just starting to uncover. As Shannon Gray, the family's attorney, reviews the case and searches for any connections, Kaylee's father Steve is certain that he will be in the courtroom when Koberger goes on trial for the murder of his daughter. The family of Brian Koberger has also released the following statement through his public defender, Jason Labar. We have fully cooperated with law enforcement agencies in an attempt to seek the truth and promote his presumption of innocence, rather than judge unknown facts and make erroneous assumptions. The family said they will continue to let the legal process unfold, and as a family, we will love and support our son and brother. On behalf of the victims, Koberger's family said, There are no words that can express the sadness we feel, and we pray each day for them. We respect privacy in this matter, as our family and the family's suffering loss can move forward through the legal process. According to TMZ, Brian Koberger's defense attorney expects his client to be exonerated of all murder charges. The investigation into the brutal murder of four Idaho students has taken a twisted turn since the arrest of alleged killer Brian Koberger, sparking questions about whether he acted alone or if he had an accomplice. Many believe it is impossible for Koberger to have committed four murders in just 15 minutes, leaving no signs of struggle and calmly walking out the back door of the King Road's residence. News Nation has uncovered new information about the sequence of events that took place that fateful night. It appears that Kaylee and Madison were the first to be stabbed to death on the third floor. 
The killer then made his way to the second floor, where Ethan was stabbed in the doorway of Zana's bedroom. Zana, according to sources, died last, and she had fought dearly for her life before being overpowered. According to the Daily Mail, a member of Ethan's family is now raising questions about the actions of the surviving roommate, Dylan. They are asking why, after allegedly hearing crying and screaming, did Dylan not immediately call the police, but instead chose to call all of the girls in the house. After receiving no response from all three roommates, she waited almost eight hours before finally dialing 911. The family member added that Dylan needs to explain her actions that night. They also revealed that when Dylan was questioned about who called the police, she stated it was a male friend who came to help her because she was too afraid to leave her room. After he arrived, he went to Zana and Ethan's room first, where he discovered the bodies of the two students, and he immediately called 911. The mystery surrounding the murder of Kaylee, Madison, Zana, and Ethan only continues to deepen with new information from Kim, a university student mother. According to her, her daughter was aware of the death of the four students as early as 8 a.m. on the day of the incident. Kim appeared on a YouTube show where she revealed that fraternity and sorority students were called to the King Roads residence before the police were ever notified. This has led to speculation that they were called first to help dispose of any drugs that may have been left at the home. The presence of multiple students outside the house when police arrived on the morning of November 13th confirms one part of Kim's story. The drug speculation was held by many due to the reputation of the King Road's home as a popular party location among students. Dateline reported that the evening prior to the murders, a large gathering of over 150 students took place at the home. Also, they noted all four students had a large social media presence online and would have provided intimate details about their lives to a would-be killer. The complexity of the murder case is intensified by the fact that Brian Koberger's defense attorney, Ann Taylor, has multiple ties to the victim's families. It was revealed a few weeks ago that Kara Northington, the mother of Zanna, was also previously represented by attorney Ann Taylor on drug charges up until January 5th, the day of Koberger's extradition. According to court records obtained by Inside Edition, Ann Taylor also represented Maddie's stepmother, Corey Hatrock, on drug charges as recently as June 2022 and managed a case involving her father, Benjamin, in 2020. Some of the victim's family members believe this is a conflict of interest and think Ann Taylor should recuse herself from the case. Despite this, she remains Koberger's defense attorney at the time of this podcast recording. The heartbroken families of Kaylee, Madison, Zanna, and Ethan are praying for justice as Brian Koberger's motion for trial begins this summer. At that time, prosecutors will present evidence and witnesses in open court in order to determine whether or not Koberger should be bound over for trial. 
Until then, his case will continue to be discussed online to determine what motivated these tragic killings. Thank you for joining us on our journey to unravel the mystery behind the University of Idaho students' tragic murders. Please stay tuned for future updates and developments in the Brian Koberger case. And join us again for Death by Misadventures Deep Dive into the world of true crime paranormal. I'm GC Nova. Thanks for listening. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.